Eureka by John Thomas, Volume 1 Chapter 1, Section 5, Part 11 His Aspect as the Sun His aspect as the sun shines in his power. The words heopsis alto, which I have rendered his aspect, are expressed in the English version by his countenance. In modern style, this is generally understood of the face. But John certainly did not mean this. He began his description at the hair of the head, and if he had meant the face, he would doubtless have referred to it before he passed down to the breasts. What he had reference to, after finishing in detail, was the general external aspect of the whole figure. This was typified in the general appearance of the Alpha on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James and John were witnesses of this. It was a representation of the power and coming or majesty of the Lord Jesus anointed. Paul, alluding to it, says, We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the glory and coming of our Lord Jesus anointed, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from deity the Father honour and power when a voice came to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. 2 Peter 1, verse 16. On that occasion, his face, prosopon, shone as the sun, and his raiment became white as the light. This transfiguration scene exhibited the Son of Man, personal and corporate, in the glory of the Father, as he will be in the kingdom of deity. His general aspect will be glorious, for the moon shall be confounded, and the sun ashamed, when Yahweh's faith shall reign the glory on Mount Zion, and in Jerusalem, and in the presence of his ancients. Isaiah 24 verse 23 our life is hid with Christ in the deity, and when he who is our life shall appear, then shall we, the saints, appear with him in glory. Colossians 3 verse 4 And says John, We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First Epistle 3 verse 2 when, therefore, the apocalypse of the multitude of the sons of God, represented by John's similitude of the Son of Man, shall be manifested, being all like to Jesus in transfiguration, the aspect of the body will be as the sun when he shines in his power. Jesus being the Son of Righteousness, and they like him, they will be all as the sun, and when he shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. 
he will then shine forth in his power, the sun of an unclouded day. And as he shines, so will they. For he has said, To him that overcomes, I will give to sit down with me upon my throne, as I overcome and sit down with my Father upon his throne. Revelation 3 verse 21 Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Matthew 13 verse 43 And there will be no place found for the earth and the heaven, in which the beast and the false prophet and their kings now shine in all the glory of Satan. For they will have fled away from before the face and sun-like aspect of the Son of Man, seated upon the great white throne, established by his prowess for the thousand years. Revelation 20, verse 11. From the illustration of the transfiguration, the personal appearance of the saints will be splendid with brightness. But there is reason to believe that they will not be distinguishable from ordinary men in appearance until their labours are accomplished. When the angels visited Sodom, the citizens did not discern any difference between them and Lot. And so will it be with the saints who arise to execute the judgment written upon the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Revelation 11 verse 8 The nature of their work requires that they should have the aspect common to humanity, which is not at all incompatible with the symbolical glory of their body corporate. If they flashed light from their persons as the sun shoots forth his rays, their enemies would be so panic-stricken that they would not stand in fight, by which their punishment would be greatly impeded. The resurrected saints will therefore appear upon the theatre of war as Adam and Jesus when they first emerged from earth. Jesus was mistaken for the gardener. The angel of the Lord, who descended from heaven to open his grave, was of lightning-like countenance and raiment white as snow, and the guards did shake and became as dead men. But when Mary saw Jesus, she conversed with him without trepidation. There was an interval between the restoration of the body to life and the glorification of Jesus seven days before Pentecost. During this typical interval of forty days, he associated with the disciples, ate, drank, and conversed with them as usual. The body raised, not having been received up in glory, or displayed in the brightness of spirit body, was in a condition to shine forth in incorruptibility and immortality when the fitness of things required. Now Jesus was the great example of all things pertaining to his brethren, the saints. When their bodies come out of their graves, 
they come forth as Adam or Jesus. Had Adam the first, who was the figure of Jesus, shone forth in glory, it would have been when he should have been permitted to eat of the tree of life. All the time between his creation and such eating would have been ordinary human existence. It was so with Jesus, and will be so with the saints. Between their resurrection and glorification is the resurrection state, styled in the resurrection, a period of 40 years preceding the millennium, in which some of the most important events of the apocalypse are to be transacted. The end of this judicial period, during which the kingdom is being established or set up, is the evening time, the time preceding the millennial day. When the night has passed, the day of rest arrives, in which the saints, who have been scourging throughout the earth, cease from their labours, and their works do follow them. They enter the kingdom, covered with glory, which the nations will bear in lively remembrance for a thousand years. Now, according to this arrangement, Zechariah testifies, saying, that when the Mount of Olives shall be rent asunder by an earthquake, Yahweh my Elohim shall come in, all the saints with thee. And it shall be in that day there shall be no brightness, the splendid ones shall draw in, and it shall be one day that shall be known to Yahweh, not day nor night. And it shall be at the time of evening there shall be brightness, and Yahweh shall be for king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Yahweh, and his name one. Zechariah 14 verses 5 to 9. The splendid ones of this passage are the Elohim, or saints, who will not shine forth in the brightness of their glory until the time of evening. Then, when the kingdom is restored to Israel, they will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, as Daniel, Zechariah, and Jesus have foretold. The Amen. I was dead, and behold, I am living for the aeons of the aeons. Amen. This is from the Hebrew, Amen, faithfulness. The Eternal Spirit, both absolute and incarnate, is the Amen. In the letter to Laodicea, the Spirit speaks, and in speaking says, These things saith the Amen. And in this first chapter, the Amen says, I was dead. But the Spirit never died. Therefore, here it must be understood of the Logos speaking from a body, personal and corporate, 
with whom he was united in a resurrection thereof from the dead. All the elements of this body are faithful and true witnesses and believers of the promises of deity, which in Christ are yea, and in him are men, unto the glory of the deity by us. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 The Son of Man, being constituted of firm believers of the promises, is styled Ho Amen, the Faithful One. Hence all his constituents are Elohai Amen, Mighty Ones of Faithfulness, being all of that principle, faith, without which it is impossible to please the deity. Hebrews 11 verse 6 Because, therefore, of their faithfulness, or Amen characteristics, the Spirit saith, They shall eat and drink and rejoice and sing for joy of heart. But to Israelites of an opposite character, he saith, Ye shall leave your name for a curse to my chosen one. For Adonai Yahweh shall slay thee, and to his servants proclaim another name, that he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in the Elohim of Amen. And he that sweareth in the land shall swear by the Elohim of Amen, the mighty ones of faithfulness. Because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hid from my eyes. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. Isaiah 65 verse 13 These Elohim, then, embodied in the Son of Man, are the Amen, who in the days of their flesh, through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, and in mountains, and in dens, and caves of the earth. Such were the constituents of the Amen, the mighty ones of faithfulness, who all 
having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, deity having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Hebrews 11 verse 33 A perfection, apocalypsed in the Amen, who was dead and lives in the millennial Olam and beyond.